Should adults watch cartoons? Is there something compelling about animation as an art form aside from kids' entertainment? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers. I am your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, culture critic, now level five dragonborn wizard. And with me, as always, is my ridiculously regal co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and dragonborn. Is this a Skyrim reference? No, no, this is uh, Drag- Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, okay. Well, because I'm a dragonborn in <laughs> Skyrim. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew we had so much in common. Yeah. When worlds collide. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, here with us, is a the roughest, toughest He-Man hombre that's ever crossed the Rio Grande. And I ain't no namby-pamby. Nathan Shea. <laughs> Who gives his own introductions. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. He is the tech guy for all things overthinkers. He is a writer, an actor, a production viz, and he is the master of musical mnemonics. He's okay. a third overthinker behind the Wizard of Oz, Oz curtain. Don't peek at me! <laughs> uh Happy to have you with us, Nathan. Glad to be here, Chuck. You are Chuck, right? No, not never even oh. remotely been Chuck. Oh, well, sorry you hear that, Chuck. <laughs> okay, all right then. Well, this is going to be a fun podcast. <laughs> today, and it is going to be a fun podcast, because today we are talking about something we've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Cartoons. <laughs> yeah, cue the, uh, the applause. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking cue the, all the, the cartoon like sound effects. <laughs> 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 yeah, we, we know, you, can, you can handle that later. Yeah, pretty much everybody in America and many other places in the world have grown up watching cartoons, whether it's in theaters or on TV, whether it's Disney, Looney Tunes, anime, Pixar, Batman and the Justice League, list goes on and on. Many people argue that animation has even been around longer than movies, if you count, you know, shadow puppetry and all the different kinds of animation that existed, you know, and that twirly thing, whatever that is called, <laughs> that was doing animation before there was movies. The Edison twirly, where it's like the horse running. Exactly, yeah. yes. Yeah. And, you know. um, however, cartoons and animation are often, at least in the West, not looked at deeply as an art form. Oftentimes they're associated with kids' stuff or family fare. And oftentimes aren't taken as seriously as something that's a legitimate art form in and of itself for adults or the like. Oftentimes now this is different in places like Asian countries oftentimes, but it often is something we deal with over here in the West. So this episode, we thought that we would talk about cartoons and animation, ask the deeper questions that come when we talk about them as an art form. So, turning to you first, Nathan Sher. You've made no secret out of the fact that you love cartoons and animation. Mm-hmm. This and is why you reference a cartoon at the very beginning of this. <laughs> yes, this is true. You even wrote your senior thesis on them. That is true, yes? Yes. Okay, so what is special about cartoons and why do they matter to you in ways that are special that other mediums don't? I think it's just in cartoons, there's a potential to get away with get away with a lot more in terms hmm. of just imagination. Because I guess the analogy that always comes to my head as to why I like cartoons so much is that I see them as sort of like a funhouse mirror reflection of life. 
Like, if we see, art, like, sure. other art forms, like, a reflection of life, where it's like, okay, this is very one-to-one, very similar, this biographical movie is a piece of art, but it's also very much a reflection of this person's life. But when I see, like, things like animation or cartoons or things like that, I see this, like, yeah, some things, of course, aren't going to be real or relatable. Like, this fantastical world this cartoon set in is obviously isn't real, and we can't relate to it in that sense. But the thing about it is that it uses the fantastical to emphasize or expand on real relatable truths with like human friendship or kindness or things like that. Anything that we value as humans are usually explored upon a lot more or in more fantastical ways that just speak to me a lot more mm-hmm. in cartoons or anything that's animated. Yeah, it's interesting because um, Nathan and I are, and, and you were, it sounds like, it sounds like you grew up with cartoons, loved them, but you haven't as much kept up with the, the cartoon shows. No. You still watch Pixar, all these things, and oh, yeah. appreciate them. Mm-hmm. But I, it's interesting because I look back in my life, and of course I love all the high art and the books and sure, the film yeah. and the cinematography, and you know, I love talking about that yeah. stuff. But if you want to get to my heart, if you want to go straight to the, the, something that Nathan loves is cartoons. I have memories from the very from the very beginning of my life watching Pooh Bear, and I have these really uh, great yeah. memories with yeah. watching them. And I think a lot of people do. We have, you know, yeah. Saturday morning cartoons. Yep. We watch these growing mm-hmm. up. We eat cereal, sugar, sugar cereal on Saturday mornings with them. And we had these great kid memories with them. But when I became an adult, it was something that actually I continued doing. I continued loving cartoons. And I haven't yep. really even thought about why that is. In fact, when I'm in a hotel well, that's room, not on brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Introspection is my brand. I'll think about other things. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. But if I'm in a hotel, if I'm going through a really stressful time in my life, the first thing I will do is I'll watch cartoons. Mm-hmm. And, I, and something about mm-hmm. it brings mm-hmm. me comfort. And maybe it's escapism, but I think it might be actually more than that. Mm-hmm. I think it might be a way for me to ingest the world, even the realities of the world. I'm talking, you know, there are yeah. cartoons that are very geared towards adults oh, yeah. and have very okay. mature themes and mm-hmm. deal with mm-hmm. um, very uh, painful real-life issues like Bojack Horseman oh, or yeah. uh, Rick and Moy. That's good example. Yeah. And these are heavy, heavy stories, as yeah. heavy as anything you'll see in live action. But for some reason, cartoons draw me, I think, and, and I'm still working this on my mind, but I think they draw me because it's a way to look at life, um, like you said, Nathan, in a little more fantastic fun, uh, fantastic aesthetic that draws me in. It's a little lighter, but at the same time, I can approach these deep and heavy subjects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that isn't quite so uh, confronting uh, exactly. in the way that cinema often is. So. There is, I think, a really special and unique thing about, uh, I almost hate using the word cartoons, uh, about animation, about mm-hmm. these kind of stories told, and it invites you into a world that's a little different than yours, that's still dealing with, the same reason we love fantasy, because yep. fantasy takes us out of the world we're in, but it still deals and helps us deal with the real world mm-hmm. uh, pain and realities of life, but in a world where we can be slightly removed or at least invited yeah. into mm-hmm. another world. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it might, this might be an oversimplification, but I guess it's like the equivalent of like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Or a Flintstone vitamin. Yeah, absolutely. There, there you go. No, I think it's interesting because, so like you said, you know, cartoons have not remained as central to my life as both of you weirdos here. <laughs> um, <laughs> or just, we have Peter Pan. Exactly. Exactly. No, um, one of the things I've, I, you know, I've always, for, for some reason, I don't know, I realized about myself recently because I'm an introvert and I obsessively introspective, uh, no. that, <laughs> but I realized that, you know, a lot of sort of like, as a kid, my imagination always sort of geared towards sort of like the, the teenage sensibility, sort of like mm. they, even 
with before I was sort of mature enough to actually do teenage sensibility in a mature way, mm -hmm. um, I was sort of gearing towards that. But one of the things I think that's interesting about animation, I've really grown to appreciate a couple things. One, the separation that you talked about, mm -hmm. where it's like because it's just a little bit different from you, you're able to actually abstract some of these feelings yeah. and show why it's like, look, if you have talking ducks, and one of my favorite animations today is DuckTales. The reboot of DuckTales. <laughs> the reboot of DuckTales also, is so Also smart. Rescue Rangers. Yes. Yeah, also true. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, it's, it's a very smart show. And it talks about very deep themes. But it's kind of, there's an argument that it sort of makes. Like, look, ducks care about family too. Mm. And so it's not just you. It's a universal thing. To a certain degree, it makes an argument because if there's something with this, you're able to abstract. And animation is a little bit more abstract it is. in real life. And so if you abstract it, then you can say, oh, this is a universal thing that I can relate to. Secondly, animation gives the artist the most amount of control mm. over the piece. Because mm -hmm. it's like, look, literally every line is in there because of a decision. Mm -hmm. It's not that you just used what was there in order to tell your story. And so some of this is given because it's, you're using actors, you're using real people. It has to be even more planned out. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. Every line is a decision, and therefore every line is conveying meaning about how you want the audience to see and experience what you're trying to say. It's one of the reasons that I think that animation is so great at teaching us how to think about phenomena in our world phenomena <laughs> that too um i really liked um ralph rex the internet for that reason because it used mm. animation to help us understand and articulate the internet mm -hmm. how do we interpret the internet as a part of our world we interpret it as a city we interpret it as a network of relationships interesting and it could and it actually had the ability to do that because of animation exactly you could not have done that half as effectively mm. in live action mm -hmm. and so there are things that animation does superiorly to live action, even though live action resonates with you more for some reason. It connects more on a human art experience level. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but even each has their place. But animation, it's like you, every line you're saying something. And so yes. it helps, it's pure interpretation. And so it really can lean into interpreting the world in a very uh, clear and specific and visceral way. Yeah. That's super interesting. And, you know, I'm struck again by, I, I keep on seeing the similarities between the argument, even though there have been the arguments. And you know, more. This is more the, uh, oh, the Puritans kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Puritan as a as a continuum of the ages that uh, we should only read biography or even just just right. the Bible, and we should never read fantasy. Those kind of things. And it strikes me as this uh, medium, the art medium, the the animation medium, is um, it would fall into that category. And I think that some of us have this uh, idea in our mind that we shouldn't watch cartoons because they're they're uh, they take us away. From life, in the yeah. same in the same inspiration that the kind of puritanical, moralistic, right. we should never read biography or story. But I'm I'm seeing the relation between how valuable fantasy is, and yes. there are many great minds to talk about right. the importance of fantasy and how it actually helps us see the world, even though it's removed from our world. How it right. helps us see our own world in a more true way. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. um, and it, it reminds me of uh, of animation and how that can can be true. <laughs> it also reminds me, and so I'm going to use this this quote. By C.S. Lewis, who uh, is yeah. going to be incredibly overquoted on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, if you don't matter. know this by now, yeah, know it. But here, but he says, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a bit. I think I think I might be able to get a word for it actually. But it's someday you will be old enough to read fairy tales again. Yeah. And mm. so to me, when anyone, you know, I used to speak with shame. Like if, if I was on a date or with my friends, be like, oh, I like cartoons. I would hide that kind of because yeah. I would get those looks. Really, you're a yeah. twenty-something man yep. who likes cartoons. And then when I read that quote, it's a little bit freeing. You go, yes, I am, because yep. there's something beautiful and magical there. Yep. I think there's a reason we show children 
cartoons yeah. to begin with because that invites them into a world that shows them truth. Even yes. Yes. You know, I, I, I think it's important to mention a few of these cartoons as we go. Please, yes. Veggie Tales. Mm-hmm. What Christian kid doesn't have a forget Christian, what kid yeah. doesn't have a connection to Veggie Tales and the morals and the lessons and the yeah. stories that were explored in this medium and it's vegetables. Yep. And somehow through vegetables bouncing around, yeah. talking about stories, we were still able to connect maybe even more strongly yeah. as children to these morals and these lessons more strongly than we might have been through the live action. Yeah, absolutely. For some reason, I don't know quite what it is, you know, the, the animation actually does, I think this is one reason why we've sort of gravitated toward making it for only kids. For some reason, kids are able to gravitate more towards animation yes. than live action in many ways. And it may be because another thing that animation does really well, it's just that it, it's, um, oh, what's the word? It forces less information upon you. Interesting. There's less information in every... Uh, frame, which is one thing, why certain uh, filmmakers, like one um, anime uh, filmmaker, uh, I butcher his name, uh, Satoshi Kon, who was the, um, he did uh, Tokyo Godfather oh, and okay, uh, gotcha. Paprika. Gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. And Paprika is the movie that uh, many people think inspired uh, Christopher Nolan's Inception, although I can't actually find a legitimate source that says okay. that, so maybe it didn't. <laughs> it's um, all hearsay. All hearsay. But, um, but uh, there he talks about the reason that he likes to use animation is that he can do quicker cuts and quicker edits because you can take more information in an animation than you can with live action because there, there's less information going on. So like it takes you a shorter amount of time to get all the information that's on screen. So you can almost focus in on the most important aspects. And so you can focus on the most important aspects. And so that, when with children who are just being inundated so much with all of this data all the time and everything that's Mm. new to them, giving them the barest memory information possible in order to tell the story actually makes it more capable of processing the information. Maybe it could be also that I still like them because... I have adult ADHD, and I really like bright colors. And <laughs> that really helped me. That's I can relate. But Nathan Cher, um, I, this is a broad question, but I pretty much can ask the same question. I want you to answer it again with more because I like what you were saying. But why is it, why are cartoons so powerful? Why, at least to me. And to the people who don't watch them, who consider, what would you say to the people who consider uh, cartoons to be childish things to be oh that's for kids you can think picture a specific person in mind <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, why would you suggest that they that they maybe give cartoons again animation a chance well as you guys were talking the phrase that not the phrase but the image that kept coming up in my mind again and this always comes up in my mind when i think about why i love cartoons is the portion in the bible where jesus is like approach god like you would a child like come wow. to me like you would a kid and touching on your point you made last week about like why we want to imagine we're living in a simulation, I think it's that cartoons appeal to us because they appeal to our sense of the eternal. They like give us a chance to like see things the way the world not maybe not necessarily should be in the sense that oh everything should be chocolate and rainbows, but in the sense that like this is the core truth that we're trying to emphasize here, yeah. and this truth is worth celebrating and, and making a whole entire story about creating a whole world around yes. this truth, just as God Himself yeah. created our world around His truth. That wow. is incredible, and that's the thing because the particularly the, the church has a long history of using a very symbolic imagery in order to make art. A point. And art, it through art, it's all literally look at the art. Sistine Chapel. Yeah, by I mean, it, I, I don't want to degrade this by but you look at the Sistine Chapel, it's essentially a cartoon of creation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's able to use the same kind of symbolism that cartoons have always used. Like cartoons, the reason we have the whole thing of like, oh, you know, if someone's angry, a storm cloud is over their head. Mm-hmm. It's because some guy decided that was a good representation yes. of 
that feeling. Mm-hmm. And again, the church did the same thing when they created the idea of the halo around the saint's head. This idea of using iconography symbolically is something that has always existed as art, a way of representing ideas. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, it's interesting what pops in my head is Lou uh, Javino, who has been on the podcast before, yes. he is, you know, he has a million master's degrees in art and history and studies. And one of his favorite things every winter is, and he says very meaningful, is the Peanuts cartoon. Oh, oh yes. And and I think that that's the same for many of us. Yeah. It's this little cartoon with, you know, weirdly drawn kids and people can be so effective somehow yeah. in their short And again, like you were saying, it brings the truth down to very particular. You can see it. It's yeah. not obscured. And even like you were speaking about, Nathan, it gives us almost this ideal. Uh, uh, obviously, it's not perfection, oh, right. but it does when you, uh, I don't want to say this, but when you show the world through a video camera, it's going to be messy and it's going yes. to be broken. There are beautiful things in it, but we still live in a broken world. Yes. We live where there is trash on the streets. Yeah. But when you make a cartoon, you can get close to this ideal we want to live in with bright colors and perfectly drawn trees. Yeah. And so you really can. Again, I don't know how this all fits in, but it, I, it is interesting to see all these elements of cartoons and art. You know, as a kid, I loved Calvin and Hobbes. And I mean, going back and uh, reading them, yes. I, I know it's not technically a cartoon, it's a comic, but same, mm-hmm, same mm-hmm. idea here. I go back, I'm going back and reading Calvin Hobbes is genius. Yeah. And it's through a few frames. Yeah. And it's through bright colors one, and yeah. um, just so a little bad. bit of dialogue, but it's profound. It's not a dissertation no. or a theology, a 700 page theology or philosophy book. It is a, a kid who lives in a world of bright colors and cartoon animals. Mm-hmm. And somehow I walk away sometimes more inspired by the theology books I'm reading. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they, and things that um, I'll get your, if you want to listen to uh, Nathan share, but one of the things that I noticing is that a lot of the argument against animation in a sense is already being tacitly lost in live action because live action is now more and more incorporating animation into yes. it mm-hmm. in order to tell the stories that they want to tell yes. in order to imagine the world the way they want to help the audience imagine it because of computer animation. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The it will, uh, it's interesting you say that. There has been, I don't, uh, Nathan, share your gamer. Joseph, you appreciate gaming. I do. And yes. this is a whole other episode we're going to do at some yes, point about, yes. about video games. But there's been a pushback in the video game industry recently with the hyper-realism of interesting. Um, video games. And, and you know, there's always been this desire to make a video game look exactly like life. Right. And you have a lot of these gamers that say, we don't want something that looks exactly <laughs> like life. We like the fantastic, the beautiful, yeah. the, another world, the colors. That's what we want. We're not looking for something to imitate our world exactly. We play video games to get out of this world to mm-hmm. enter another one. And I think the same goes for cartoons, which is interesting to me that you're talking about how you see live action and animation kind of merging yeah. almost. Yeah. And I remember being, I'm interested to hear you guys' thoughts on this, being a little depressed when I remember Disney said they're doing their last animated film. Not uh, computer animated film, those right. continue. Mm-hmm. But when the, uh, they went on to Pixar, obviously these films are beautiful, and I love right. them, and I do consider them animation. But mm-hmm. I remember there's some sort of magic yes. that disappeared when they stopped doing animation films. Yep. I went back recently and watched Pocahontas. I watched... Um, uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I watched... No, I, wa- I watched a lot of them, The Prince and the Frog, Anastasia. Yeah. I know it's not Disney. I think I Anastasia is not Disney. Um, or, or even... Um, Oh, what's the... the no, I mean, like... Fantasia. Fantasia. You know, Lion King, Tarzan. Like, yes. there's so many good 2D animated classics. And it's funny. This is a great point to bring up real quick. 
I don't know if you saw to the both Lion Kings. They're, obviously, you all have heard about I have not seen Disney. the new Lion King. I would be remiss if we didn't bring this up. No, yeah, about to. how Disney oh, yes, has this. been making every one of our old childhood favorite animation films into live action. Yes. And none of them, them are good. No, they don't, they don't even come close. And the thing is, the Lion King is almost word for word the same thing. Yeah. It had amazing talent. It, had a, it still has a great story. What was it? Why did I leave there going, I felt none Nothing. of the magic. Yeah. That I, that I feel when I watch the old Lion King. Why is Nathan that? Nathan tell us. I think part of it is, as you guys talk about this, I'm reminded of what someone said in our Overthinkers group, Shane was talking about that, about, um, oh, the, yes. brother, about the brothers Karamazov. 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 They're not going to spoil the ending because they spoiled the ending in that comment, but like a phrase that stuck with me was, there can be an insanity in pure rationality. And I think part of the thing that's the appeal oh. of animation is how there is like, there is some lack of logic there. There's something that doesn't make sense there. That this is like doesn't really mesh with yes. our logical way of thinking, and we love that. Like you just said, like gamers hate it. Like games are too realistic because we don't want the pure logic. We don't want the pure realism. We yeah. want something that doesn't quite make sense because again, that kind of appeals to our sense, sense of eternal. But if you mm. try to apply too much logic or something, it's like over-explaining a joke. It's like you ruined it, or like trying to explain a magic trick. That's it's like great. we don't want to. We don't want to want to know how it works. In fact, we feel more fulfilled or satisfied when we know there's something out there that we don't quite understand or doesn't quite mesh with us. You want to see a magic show. You don't. You don't want the magician to perform the trick and then explain it because it loses all the magic. Right. That's a great analogy. No, so, wow. See, animation does have that power to abstract itself just enough so we can see the truth a bit more. To yes. give just enough information so that we can see what they're saying without clouding too much information. It's also interesting. This speaks it's like to how humans. the kingdom is here, but not yet. Right? Yes. No. No. Absolutely. Oh, that's so lame, but so good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But it also speaks to um, humans' ability to see. How I'm going to say this? This is going to be come out terribly and, and non-intellectual. But if you put a cartoon in front of a dog, it's just going to see a bunch of colors. Right. Mm -hmm. Humans have the ability to anthropomorphize yes. these things and bring life through their own eyes yep. and consciousness. Mm -hmm. To them, which I think is, I have no idea what that had to do with the conversation, but it just struck me as interesting. But it's also interesting, you mentioned this earlier, in the East, yeah. they do okay, have the so appreciation yeah. for animation. Yeah. You have it in, in uh, anime and manga, and, and some even over here, all of my, my little niece uh, is being raised, her favorite cartoon, her favorite movie right now is Totoro. And she mm. walks around the house, oh. she can barely speak, and she's going, Totoro, Totoro. Oh, and, so cute. And, but... You watch these, and they are art. They are yeah. art alive. And the thing is, we still go to the Met and look at painted things. We yes. still we don't go there. As soon as photography arose, yeah. we didn't say this. Is all we need now, get rid of art. We still pay right. I mean, and the government pays billions of dollars in grants to museums to keep alive because it means something. The art that isn't yeah. just uh, photographs because it does something to us. Again, Nathan, going back to what you said, it goes back to we see something eternal. Yeah, and I can't quite explain why that is, but it is. So a lot there. Somebody jump in. Well, so if, if, I have two questions, and we can talk about one of them or both of them, and at any time. But why is it that it's this way in the West? We see that it's kid stuff in the oh, West, but not in the East. Why is the difference? They appreciate why, the art. Why is it they appreciate the art in the East and we don't in the West? And two, what are we not seeing in animation, whether it's East or West, that we would wish we were seeing? Mm. So those are two questions I would like to mm -hmm. throw to the group. This is the longest pause in overthinker history. <laughs> and it could have gone longer if you weren't so uncomfortable. I know, I was really uncomfortable. I had to jump in there. I think it's just part of the, our respective histories versus the East mm. and the West. I think it's just because, 
I couldn't speak at all about the history of animation over at Elmer. And if there's any the overthinkers that were, you know, do know the history, please, please let us know. Yeah. <laughs> but like over here in the West, like the idea that like animation is for kids has been kind of been there like ever since animation the animation within theatrical cartoons and kind of just got further established or reestablished once they got once they moved on to um television and such. And my only thought and theory of like why it's more embraced over say in the over in say the East, like say Japan, is like maybe their cultural um their, maybe their historical differences have like lent itself more towards embracing that. Like say the hardships they faced after World War Two and like mm. the, and uh, like the nuclear bombing. Maybe they want to look more towards animation as like a bit more of an escapism to what they're oh, interesting. Or like a re- representation of their feelings. Kinda of like what you were saying about like the rain cloud over your head when you're sad. Maybe yeah. animation is a way for them to express all the conflicted feelings they are going through through their rough In a more simple, clean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Focused way. And right. America hasn't really quite had an experience that like relates to it in the same way. Like we've We've that's had a lot of situations. At least not like, as long. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We've never been nuked at least. Yeah. <laughs> well it's it, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. And I think it might uh, playing off of that, I think there is a difference in philosophy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to speak to the East's uh, sure, philosophy because sure. I'm not as educated in that, but I will mm-hmm. speak to the the West. We do have a high emphasis, and these aren't bad things. Sure, these sure, are sure. good mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think escapism always is good, but I do think the West is face reality, do something, sure. stop pretending, we have to be realistic, right. this is how we get things done, this is how we Make a name things. for yourself. Exactly. American and I, dream. Well, and I think that's why we see cartoons as children's play, sure. because well, it's not real. It's not sure. tangible. It's, that's not what life looks like. And to be successful member of society, you have to have something that's real. And and I think you even see art moving towards this. You used to have, uh, or this film in general, used to have these beautiful films that were somewhat, even the way they spoke with the transatlantic accent, sure. and they were more airbrushed. And now you have these gritty, oh, look at the Oscars, you do gritty, sure. they're very Wait, almost the, over-realistic. The move, move to method acting. Move to method acting. Exactly. It's uncomfortably real. Like, right. oh, you want to see life, this is life. And sure. this is good. We need to reflect this in art. Of right. course. But not always. I think right. the cartoons Shouldn't provide us. Be bad. Yes. When I, again, I'll go back, when I watch cartoons as a kid, and as an adult, I'm off of the world, I can escape into, but still learn and grow. Up. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think that you make, get both make very good points. I think that there's something to be said for the historical difference of the first guy to introduce animation really to the masses in our country was Walt Disney, who was you know mm. interested in doing things for children, like that was his passion. Yes, and he sort of shaped the industry. From that could very well be. And that uh, the you know the the you know the Japanese Disney was Miyazaki, mm-hmm. who was much more interested in doing things for adults and uh, for as well as children. And so, but I don't think those things happen out of the vacuum. I don't think they happen out of the vacuum. But I think that there's a certain degree in which sometimes precedent can um, could be can have some effect on it. No, I think you're right. I think that there's. I mean, you know, it's interesting because uh, James Gunn, when he was ta- sort of talking back to Martin Scorsese about the superhero effect, where it's yeah. like, oh, you know, superheroes are are just you know are are aren't real cinema. Superhero movies aren't real cinema. Yeah. And James Gunn was saying like, well, you know, your parents said the same thing about gangster movies, mm. <laughs> and their parents said the same thing about westerns. And there's a certain degree of like what we are exposed to as children, and then we think of as adults as good. We think of that is what is good, and then next, you know, then we see what the next generation does and responds to. We see that as kid stuff. So there's a certain degree of that happens too. Wow. Okay. So I'm gonna have um, one wrap up, and then I'm gonna let Nathan finish with his thoughts because we want to save a little bit of time for our favorites because Nathan and I are gonna. Probably nerd out a little oh, bit. Oh, you want to nerd out. <laughs> I, do wanna, I do wanna just briefly say, what would you like to see animation do? Uh, oh, that's a great question. Okay, okay. Like, okay. Time for that. Well, okay. Yeah, we, we, have, we have some time. This is one of our shorter episodes, though. Okay, let me see. Uh, what is he? 
want to see animation do. I'll tell you what I want to see it not do. Okay. I want to see it not fall into the trap of having to become what um, what live action is. Okay, interesting. Which is reveal the world as it is. Okay. And all yeah. of its gross mess, mm-hmm. dirtiness. I, I want there to still be, when I watch a cartoon, even a, a mature or rude cartoon like Family Guy or Mega right. Dad, I want there to be adventure and fun and escape right. and whimsical uh, uh, characters and, uh, and stories. I want there to be beauty because ultimately, this will be one of the last things I say on this is, I think that there's a place for both of these kinds of, you know, the, the realism in, in, in yeah. movies and cartoons. And I think what realism does is it shows the world as it is, right? It yeah. shows us how it is. And I think that's important. We need to see the world reflected right. in a realistic way. And I think cartoons, what they can do, is show us how the world can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that might be a little high and mighty talking about cartoons, but I, I think that there is something there when I watch a cartoon, there's comfort, there's yeah. goodness, there's fantasticness, there's, I don't know if that's a word, there's fantasy and be. adventure and beauty. And so I think we have the realism that shows what the world is, and we have uh, animation and art that shows what the world can be. Nathan, I 100% agree with all that. Yes! <laughs> I guess just to add to that, I just say, yeah, I think I just would want animation to be, and not to say it hasn't been already, but I just want this trend to continue, just to be more honest and not like not get caught up in the trap of being too PC. Just like try to be, Ooh. just try to be, tell good stories, tell good mm. honest stories, tell stories that come from the heart. Because good honesty is usually what triggers good yeah. conversations, and good conversations are what triggers change within each and every one of us. And cartoons are, like, usually the prime, but for me, at least, cartoons are usually the prime method of doing that with. Because, like, yeah, good cartoons, something that appeals not just to kids, but to adults as well. Like, people are raving all over about Avatar Last Airbender again, because it's another good and honest series that appeals to people of multiple generations. And it promotes good conversations. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have so many blessings today. So, like, hold back, hold back. I won't. I'll be fine. <laughs> and like, yeah, I'm grateful that cartoons over the decades have moved away from just trying to like appeal and pander just to kids just to sell money and merchandise. I mean, that's like how Saturday morning cartoons officially were established. I'm glad we moved away towards just like trying to tell good stories to people. I hope they just continue to do that. Yeah, that's great. I would say both of those things, the, the, the embrace what animation does well in terms of a representation of reality yeah. and not just reality because that's what makes animation different from live action. Yes. And I say always being honest, like leaning into the honesty. I think it's great. I would also say I would like to see it them understand and embrace the fact that they can creatively represent the world. Really? As, and yeah. as the world yeah. changes and as we have new experiences, find new rain clouds to embed over people's heads. Try mm-hmm. a new experience. How do you represent through cartoons, Beautiful. social media, how do you represent our you know political landscape? How do you represent these things? Because that's you have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. I can't do that in live yes. action when I do that. You can do that in animation. So think of new things to ways to represent the human experience that we haven't thought of before, even as you use the good ones that last. Um, that's that, that are still so I would like to see that. Keep blazing those trails. I have actually one more thought. Fine. Not to drag this out. <laughs> no, please do. But it just occurred to me that very often, especially in the films that combine yeah. animation and uh, live action, very often we have the live action to portray, like you were speaking, like right. the real world. This is what they live in. And then animation is very often used to portray and, um, and signify their imagination, their heart, mm. their dreams. Mm. 
Um, and I think that sometimes we forget that we are are more than just our mind. Right. And this is what the Christian believes. Yes. We believe that we are we are our body. We are right. the physical world around us, but we are more than that. Yeah. And so I think there's a beauty in and there and you see it reflected in so many movies where someone dreams or imagines or goes into a musical number from live action yeah. and it shows that this whole other dimension of humanity yeah. that's mm-hmm. a little more unbound, that is yeah. not quite unbound. And I think so many of us feel bound by the reality of this world yeah. and that's what cartoons can do for us. They can be this uh, this metaphor for, for our minds and our imaginations and our hearts that God has given us that are a bit more unbound. And I think that's a beautiful thing that cartoons can do and it's just a random thought that I had. At the very, it's uh, a yeah. good random thought. Oh, good. It's a good random thought. <laughs> Do you not too harassed. I also agree. Okay, good. Has the seal over the three the three way uh, seal overthinker seal of approval? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now for the part you're always waiting for, you have your notepads out for all our animated cartoon recommendations. Yes. So we'll start with the first Nathan Nathan Clarkson Nathan A. Oh, this or is gonna... you Nathan A or Nathan A? I'm A. He's oh, he's one. A, I'm one. Or we won't. Yeah. <laughs> so, Nathan, one, what are your cartoon blesses and curses? Oh, that's a great question. And this one, Thank I have you. a lot of great answers. <laughs> I know you do. I can answer So, today for my blesses, I'm going to be blessing a lot. I'm sorry. If you guys uh, want to stop now and not get the great list, that's your loss. No, you don't. <laughs> but, so I'm going to do. I have to suffer here, so cartoon. you do too. I'm doing cartoons through the ages. Mm. Oh Me, my gosh! Not through the historical age, through age brackets. Oh, interesting. So, okay. I know that we have a lot of um, adults in here, but I also know we have a lot of moms wondering mm. what cartoons are good for my kids. For That's my great. Mm. So I'm starting out with just a few of my favorites. As a kid, as a very young kid, I loved Little Bear. I think Little Bear mm. is a beautiful, okay. whimsical. Right. Yeah. It has morals, but goodness. It's not moralistic. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful uh, uh, cartoon. I think good for any age, and that's one I look back and have such fond, fond memories of. In addition, I love the original, very classic. I love all of them. The very classic Winnie the Pooh. Mm. There's something both innocent. Winnie the Pooh or New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh? Oh, the Winnie the Pooh, the, the, the classic re- original. original. The, so. new, the, the new adventures are fantastic, but you sure, can sure, sure. tell they're more modern. They're sure, trying sure, sure, to, sure. yeah, cool. Yes. They introduce technology into right, it. Right, right, so right. it's not quite the old uh, A.A. Milne um, story, right, but right. The, the original, the beautiful, yeah. It will give your children a love for art and for beauty and yeah. even for stillness. Those are funnily still sometimes. And and I remember mm. as a kid, I was out of the box. I was ADHD. I, I always felt like that was too much. And then I saw Tigger. And I said, I'm Tigger. Mm. And people, and Tigger's good. Yeah. And there's so many different so personalities. And there's so many different um, kinds of people. No, you I can, think be, you can a, be depressed and Eeyore and yes, be good. It and explores love. big things. Yes. Eeyore has depression. Yes. Owl has pride. Yes. Who, you know, who is slothful? And these are so, all the... <laughs> you know, it, these, they're so abstract. When people understand the media. Yes. <laughs> but what, I just think it's yeah, such yeah. a beautiful, beautiful um, story for kids. Um, I'll, I'll just quick, I think VeggieTales is classic. Oh, yeah. It's great. When it comes to... Um, when it comes to biblical, for all our, our our faithful out there, the Nest series. I never watched it. It was literally. It is. Oh how, no, the Nest series. Of course, I have. Yes. I, I am. I am very often embarrassed to say that the <laughs> I know these Old Testament stories and New Testament yeah, because, because I watch the these cartoons beautifully animated. Talk about hand drawn animation, gorgeous. And it was animation. my first encounter of Jesus. 
-hmm. And it was a beautiful, beautiful representation of Jesus. Obviously, yeah. it became more full and understand. But as a kid, I looked and said, yeah, this is good. Jesus is good. And beautiful stories. And parables come to life. Yeah. I love the Ness series. Now, moving up more into the, the teens and preteens yeah. age, uh, there's a few. And I'm sure Nathan will fill in. Uh, Nathan Cher will fill in a few, too, because he knows many, many. But one that I have in the past few years have, have experienced and just really loved is one that many people know called Adventure Time. I think ah, Adventure Time okay. is just brilliant. Now, th it does deal with many slightly more adult themes. It's sure. more for teens and preteens. But I think it, it, it explores wonder and humor. Uh, mm. It's fun and it's funny and silliness, but goodness. He's heroic. He makes the right choice, but it's complicated. And he's trying to do the right thing and yeah. shows that the world is a more complicated place, all while just really having a lot of fun. I love Adventure Time. Uh, moving up from there, just into more generally adult, and and these come with a little more caution. These are not for your kids, sure. uh, but they do explore life in a beautiful way that, it, like we spoke earlier, that can maybe um, show us uh, lessons in a different way. Um, one, I have to say, The Simpsons. You know, it, and, and along with that, uh, I Heretic. would yeah, atheist, <laughs> <Hey, yes. laughs> sinner. Yeah. The Simpsons is amazing. It is it is a it's the longest running TV show in history. If you guys didn't know, ah, uh, yeah, that, that and is, it's just brilliant. Uh, not every episode is, but there's so many good ones. Mm -hmm. And off of that, Matt Groening, he also created um, a show last year that I really enjoyed. That if you're a fantasy lover, really makes oh. fun of in a really in a in, in a way you can tell he actually likes it. Yeah, all the fantasy stories. Um, it's called Disenchanted. Disenchanted yeah. Really, or Disenchantment. Mm -hmm. Really, really fun. Uh, I think there's only one season, which I'm super depressed about. I really want another season. And then moving into the much more heavy... There's also Futurama. It, well, I was going to mention Futurama, too. That is really out there. So <laughs> if you guys like I, You Are My Friend, not everyone will like that, and I totally understand, but I love Futurama uh, as well. Those are all Matt Groening, um, who, who I believe is a genius. But so moving to the more the heavier um, cartoons that are just beautiful, but they are very adult, and they deal with very real and heavy and painful issues but the first one would be rick and morty and we've talked about it before mm, yeah. this is not one for the um uh, faint of heart or faint of faith <laughs> um, this yeah. is a challenge to faith it is yeah. crude it is harsh but it also shows humanity and yeah. desire and wrestling with the big questions of life in a really ingenious way yeah. um and then the last one i'll mention uh, i mentioned briefly earlier is bojack horseman mm. i lived in hollywood have for on and off for over a decade and Bojack Horseman, one, more accurately depicts Hollywood and Los Angeles and entertainment industry than any movie I've seen. Mm -hmm. yeah. More, it gets more to the feel. And and I'm and this is a show where the characters are animals, and yes. it's a cartoon, and somehow more accurately describes the Hollywood yep. I existed in and uh, came to know. And the other, and also it's a show that deals with desire, with age, with mortality, yeah. with God, with um, redemption with ethics, with mistakes and how we live, with mistakes we've made, almost better than any other TV show I've ever seen. It's beautiful, it's heartbreaking, it's sad, it's frustrating, and it's artistic. So those are my blesses. And for my curse, I don't want to go too far. So, <laughs> it, um, so I'm just going to say Duncan. Um, Duncan's a new cartoon that has great talent attached to it. And I have tried a few episodes, maybe I need to try a few more. I am just, it, it's just disappointing. It didn't have um, the magic. It didn't have the, the heart even or the intellect that I really want from a cartoon. 
So Duncan is my one curse. Um, maybe it'll get better. I, I will keep on hoping. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. It's a hopeful critique. Do better. <laughs> yeah, do that, please. I'm so, not mad, just disappointed. <laughs> Joseph Holmes will end on Nathan Share, who have the grand finale. That is Joseph fair. Holmes. That is a fair. <laughs> Blesses and curses. So I'm going to. I'm very inspired by your, uh, by by your taking through the ages. Um, <laughs> I will do sort of a half baked uh, job at that. <laughs> I will say that um, for kids, the cartoon that I most enjoy going on right now is Ducktales. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned this Classic. before. It's. It's, but it's the new rebooted DuckTales, not the original. Really? Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The reboot's amazing. The reboot is, it's, again, the um, um, the amount, one of the amazing things they do is that every episode, it starts out with a very silly premise, ridiculous, and by the third act, somehow it always makes me cry. They're, really? Yes. And they're able to do with the deepest um, political questions and cultural questions around wealth. Wow. and who And who deserves wealth and why, how it should be and then also what a family and you know which is obvious thing to go for but in very complex and interesting ways and that's one of the best cartoons that i've seen recently obviously i haven't seen as many as you guys have but that is dealt with very complex issues but is able to abstract them and simplify them in a way that it's digestible and uh and and touches you in a very deep way beyond your defenses so i'm very i very much enjoy it's coming back at the end of September, and I just can't wait. Nice. And it's just plain fun. Like, you can tell the people who make it just, so, like, care about oh, what they're doing. Yeah, they enjoy fun. it. They yeah. are having so much fun. It feels like the old, like, Animaniacs yeah. stuff, where it's like, they just oh, said, Oh, Animaniacs. Yes. <laughs> which is also coming back, which I'm nervously no. anxious about. Yeah. Yes, they're going to be bringing the back. Yeah. Uh, you won't see me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just like, they're like, it reminds me of that, because that was that era when they were doing Animaniacs, where they said, look, we kind of don't care what you do. We just, just have fun. Just have fun. And they were like, that. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> and so that feels like that. You can feel that. So definitely, kids, watch that. It's really good. Um, they, they do some things I don't like, though, don't agree with, because I know you're going to get emails about that. Yes, I don't agree with some of those things. Of course. But all <laughs> cartoons are going to do that. So yes. um, you can talk to your We're kids. We're not treating cartoons as gospels, just, yes. like, just <laughs> you, supplements to gospels. What? Talk to your kids. Explain things. Anyway, yes. Um, I'll say that for older teenagers, one of the most impressive anime production things I watched recently and oftentimes I like to go for the non-obvious things because you already know the obvious things. Like, mm-hmm. yes, watch Tarzan and watch uh, um, How to Train Your Dragon. They're amazing. Yeah. But you already watch those. You already know those. Uh, Your Name is mm-hmm. a Japanese animated film that's, um, that is about two young people who, are, are, who switch bodies. Freaky but Friday. It's Freaky Friday, which turns into a love story disaster, disaster film that sci-fi disaster film that tugs on your emotions and talks about alienation from your history, from your culture, from a narrative. Interesting. And, and the, the deepest needs of our hearts to be connected to others. And it, it becomes several different movies that just leave... It actually it inspired, it inspired my filmmaking in very profound ways because it showed me how deeply you could contrast different emotions... Uh, in the same movie and have them all be incredibly intense and mm-hmm. deep and meaningful. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I highly recommend that. It's mm-hmm. trippy, like, mm-hmm. but if you are looking for some really amazing storytelling and you know and, and that you're not turned off by like trippy uh, animation, trippy anime, animation. Anime, then definitely check this one out. 
It's like basically Studio Ghibli type film, but for like young adults. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Studio Ghibli kind of focuses more on the childlike and the childhood. Interesting. And this is more the same thing, but for young adults. Yeah, right. it's a great, it's a great thing. For my curse, I'm actually going to step out on the limb here and say, oh. I guess, um, the uh, recent animated Pilgrim's Progress movie. Oh no! <laughs> yes, that many. Christians I love that story. Here. I haven't seen it. No, the Pilgrim's Progress, the original story is great. Like I'm not going to touch that, but like the recent animation that was done of it by very well-meaning Christian filmmakers. Um, oh. It's just, it's not, it's, it's the stuff you don't want to do with animation, which is it doesn't seem creative. It doesn't seem honest. It seems like paint by the numbers. Gotcha. And the thing is, literally, literally, <laughs> yeah, almost. And the thing is, I know, like, I want the faith-based community, again, faith-based community is all about faith and family values and stuff like that. Animation is perfect for this is Christian to get this should, should be, be our market like, this should, we should be the ma- and it was yes with with, uh, with Phil Vischer yeah. when doing it, and then some no one took up the, the gauntlet it, exactly and so it's like this it should be our corner of the market but mm. we're, we're not there yet but I'm saying like we can do better we can do we can do what Pixar is doing yes um, and I want to see that so I was like the curse like this is not what I want to see but if this is the first step in it then like Go for it. Keep going. Mm. Keep, and keep getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I put my curse. Okay, and finally, Nathan, share. What are your blessings and curses? Mm, we actually kind of stole one of my blessings. That's oh, no! But it's no, no worries. I'm I sure have... you can pull a couple more. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say Steven Universe. Oh, Good yes. one. I thought mm-hmm. you might do that one. Mm-hmm. Like, again, it's not a show that I completely agree with everything that happens in it, but it's a show that I... It's the best example of a show I can think of that's so wholesomely... Ex- and maturely explains what love is and what healthy relationships look like and how to express yeah. that like between a father and a son between two best friends between two like siblings or like anyone else it's like it's just really delves deep into like what a human connection looks like and how that's so powerful and how that can change you mm. and the songs are just so beautiful and just so insightful i find myself thinking about them or referencing them a lot and singing them Yes. <laughs> yes. And there are quite a few songs like when I listen to the lyrics, I just immediately think, Oh, I can totally see that like God saying to this, me singing this to me in some direction or Beautiful. some way, shape oh, or form. Wonderful. Like this feels like a pers- it could be like a personal prayer between me and God if I sit wow. down and think about it. That's phenomenal. And a curse? A curse? Uh Scoob, the anime is Scooby Doo movie. <laughs> That's, a That's a good Wait, decision. That's a good decision. The entire or do you mean the new one? The new one. Okay. Just the new anime movie that came out this year a couple months ago. Not a good. Basically, I curse it for every reason. I would bless the Ducktales reboot, and mm. just that it's just a lot. It's a a lousy reboot, and B, it's a lousy rebuild that also does lousy job of trying to establish an expanded universe at the same time. Because yeah. Scoob also tries to introduce like the Hanna Barbera universe or the Scooby Doo universe, yeah. the SDU, by introducing Black uh, Blue Falcon and like Captain Caveman and all these other characters, and it just stumbles yeah. at that. But Ducktales does an amazing job at this because it establishes like an as of season three, it basically fully establishes uh, Spanish Universe yeah. and all the Disney afternoon shows because Darkwing Duck shows up, Goof Troop Goofy shows up, Chippendale Rescue Rangers show oh, up. Yes. Like all these like great cameos yeah, show Chippendale. up. Done <laughs> in such wonderful ways. Oh, we need to show yeah. you that episode. It's just, it gave me so many chills when I saw them. You're, you're absolutely right, Spring and Scoob Up, because Scoob Goob honestly was like the Pilgrim's Progress animated. It was very paint by the numbers. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, like that's, mm-hmm. that's a thing. Guys, I don't think we've ever talked this much about pluses and curses. No, so basically, all. with all of our bluster about being intellectual, we get excited about cartoons. We <laughs> are man children. <laughs> we have Peter Pan, which is also a great Disney film. Yes, we yes. Have Peter Pan. Yeah, and also, I think before we wrap up, we would be remiss without saying Looney Tunes. 
of classical music. Yeah. I went to um, the Hollywood Bowl and saw an entire orchestra mm. play to Looney Tunes. What a way to get your kids familiar with beautiful mm. art. So many people mm. only know these classical operas yes. and classical mm -hmm. music because they watched the new Looney Tunes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Who um, thought that Looney Tunes would be the repository right? for Western for, culture? <laughs> yes. For classical. Well, Literally on my way you. up here, I'm reading a book about one of the composers from Warner Brothers, Carl Starling, who like did all of that. So wow. this is just perfect kismet. Wow. Well, well, so guys, you saw our true selves. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you still love us. We, If you don't, we don't care. And, uh, and if you don't, you should probably go watch more cartoons. You should watch more cartoons. Amen, brother. Because we figured out today that adults should watch more cartoons. Exactly. And before we wrap up, I want to real quick plug a few things. Please. Um, if you don't mind, Joseph. Uh, I want to plug our website. If you have any questions or comments or reactions, uh, please send all of your uh, messages. We love getting them. We love responding to them. To theoverthinkersjournal.com. It's a it's a website, and you can we're gonna put more articles on eventually. Eventually, yes. <laughs> right now we have one there that's by me, and it's great. It's it's all it's all we really ever need, but we'll do another one eventually. But theoverthinkersjournal.com, and you can get in touch with us there. You can um, send us your mail. We love hearing from you. Also, we have this really really fun group online on mm -hmm. Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's a private group called the Overthinkers, and we now have hundreds of people there. We are posting really fun things all of the group we are having great discussions about some of the things we talk about on the podcast and more we are sharing in our love for creativity and intellectualism so please join the overthinkers group it's a lot of fun um and people are just really um having a great time connecting and talking about the things that we're all passionate about and uh i will go ahead and tell you you can find me at nathanclarkson.me and you can find me on all social media just search nathan clarkson i love hearing from you uh, Joseph, where can people find you? People can find me at josephholmesstudios.com. They can find me on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Joseph Holmes. And what about you? Nathan Do you Sharon. want to be found? If you're lost, you can look <laughs> and you will find me time, time after time. time. See what I have to do with it? And, this, and that concludes today's episode of The Overthinkers. Joseph, get us out of here. <laughs> Remember, guys, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. And that's a wrap. Do we have to pay for that? That's all, folks. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>